Red Cloaks Radio is a production of the Boston Red Cloaks. Hi, this is Jesse with Red Cloaks Radio with something completely different. Reading and learning more about Dobbs. Reading Dobbs. Reading all about what I've heard so much about. Seeing what we can do with it. This is going to be a really interactive um, and very special episode. Joined today by very amazing people. Hi there. Hi, I'm Nicola Sykes. I'm looking forward to reading Dobbs as I've not done that yet. I am Learn to Play Spell. Uh, looking forward to reading all about what I've heard so much about. Hi, I'm Deirdre Sanders. I'm looking forward to sharing this time with you special people and reading and learning more about Dobbs. Hi, I'm Amy Lee Galvin, and I am looking forward to just kind of reading some of the foundation for what we have and uh, seeing what we can do with it. So we got to this very unusual episode because a few of us over the summer thought we would you know, just like for some light reading, we would pick up the Supreme Court's most awful decision um, from its last term, and we thought we would read Dobbs and then meet up together and talk about it. But uh, confessions happened immediately at that meeting where it turned out none of us have been able to force ourselves to read through it. Uh, it was a funny moment of just understanding that it's really unpleasant to read this decision. And what we thought was, you know what, let's do it together. Let's like break down. And so that's what we're going to do tonight is we're going to break it down. And for other people, what we're hoping is this decision is probably something that 50 or 100 years from now, people will look back at as one of the most important decisions in our lifetime. And we really want to make sure that we have taken the time to process it and understand it as best we can so that in intervening years, we are well-versed and able to uh, speak thoughtfully about it as future decisions come down and we look to legislators to enact policies that will in fact protect us and protect future generations. Um, so with a little context, maybe? Yep, so um, uh, in order to get a little context, I checked Wikipedia, which has 59 pages on this topic, uh, which is <laughs> pretty impressive considering it just uh, didn't come out that long ago. But uh, I figured I would read just a little bit of the introduction because it'll be fairly neutral, uh, just to give us a little bit of a uh, context for the readers and viewers. Uh, the case is called Dobbs v. Jackson's Jackson Women's Health Organization. It's a landmark decision of the United States Supreme Court, which held that the Constitution of the United States does not confer the right to an abortion. The court's decision overruled both Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey, giving individual states the full power to regulate any aspect of abortion not preempted by federal law. The case concerned the constitutionality of a 2018 Mississippi state law that banned most abortion operations after the first 15 weeks of pregnancy. Jackson Women's Health Organization is Mississippi's only abortion clinic, and they sued Thomas Dobbs, the state health officer for the Mississippi State Department of Health. The lower courts had prevented enforcement of the law with preliminary injunctions, and those injunctions were based on the ruling of Planned Parenthood v. Casey which had prevented states from banning abortion before fetal viability, generally within the first 24 weeks on the basis that a woman's right for, to choose abortion during that period is protected by the due process clause of the constitution. On June 24th, 2022, the court issued a decision that by a vote of six to three reversed the lower court rulings. A small majority of five justices joined the opinion overturning Roe v. Casey and the majority held that abortion is not a constitutional right as the constant constitution does not mention it 
and it is not, quote, deeply rooted, unquote, in the country's history, and that individual states have the authority to regulate access to abortion. Leading Republican politicians praised the decision while their Democratic counterparts denounced it, as did many international observers. Protests and counter-protests over the decision occurred in many U.S. cities and internationally, with polling indicating that 55 to 60 percent of the public disapproved of overturning Roe. One thing that we'll do while we read this is we will be reading the actual citations that are built into it. That way, those people who are maybe a little more on the nerdy side and want to be able to go and actually see what the base foundations are of some of these can go back to the actual citations and, and follow up on that. And so we'll give a little pause before and after we read the citation numbers and also give the date of the original decisions just so that it's there what we're doing. And if anyone else would like to read as well, you can follow the same format so it's um, consistent with everybody. So today we will be reading the dissent from the Supreme Court of the United States, uh, Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan dissenting. This is Thomas E. Dobbs, State Health Officer, Mississippi Department of Health et al. Petitioners versus Jackson Women's Health Organization et al. And writ of certiorari to the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, June 24th, 2022. Justice Breyer, Justice Sotomayor and Justice Kagan dissenting. For half a century, Roe v. Wade, 410 U.S. 113, 1973, and Planned Parenthood of Southeastern Pennsylvania v. Casey, 505 U.S. 833, 1992, have protected the liberty and equality of women. Roe held and Casey reaffirmed that the Constitution safeguards on women's right to decide for herself whether to bear a child. Roe held and Casey reaffirmed that the first stages of pregnancy, the government could not make that choice for women. The government could not control a woman's body or the course of a woman's life. It could not determine what the woman's future would be. See Casey 505, U.S. at 853, Gonzalez v. Carhartt, 550, U.S. 124, 171 to 172, 2017, Ginsburg dissenting. Respecting a woman as an autonomous being and granting her full equality meant giving her substantial choice over this most personal and most consequential of all life decisions. Roe and Casey well understood the difficulty and divisiveness of the abortion issue. The court knew that Americans hold profoundly different views about the quote morality unquote of quote terminating a pregnancy even in its earliest stage end quote. Casey 505 US at 850. And the court recognized that quote the state has legitimate interests in the outset of the pregnancy in protecting, quote, the, quote, life of the fetus that may become a child, end quote, id at 846. So the court struck a balance, as it often does when values and goals compete. It held that the state could prohibit abortions after fetal viability so long as the ban contained exceptions to safeguard a woman's life or health. It held that even before viability, 
The state could regulate the abortion procedure in multiple and meaningful ways. But until the viability line was crossed, the court held, a state could not impose a, quote, substantial obstacle, unquote, on a woman's, quote, right to elect the procedure, end quote, as she, not the government, thought proper in light of all the circumstances and complexities of her own life, Ibid. Today, the court disregards that balance. It says that from the very moment of fertilization, a woman has no rights to speak of. A state can force her to bring a pregnancy to term, even at the steepest personal and familial costs. An abortion restriction, the majority holds, is permissible whenever rational. The lowest level of scrutiny known to the law, and because, as the court has often stated, protecting fetal rights is rational, states will feel free to enact all manner of restrictions. The Mississippi law at issue here bars abortions after the 15th week of pregnancy. Under the majority ruling, though another state's law could do so after 10 weeks or five or three or one, or again, from the moment of fertilization. States have already passed such laws in anticipation of today's ruling. More will follow. Some, some states have enacted laws extending to all forms of abortion procedure, including taking medication in one's own home. They have passed laws without any exceptions for when the woman is the victim of rape or incest. Under those laws, a woman will have to bear her rapist child or a young girl her father's, no matter if doing so will destroy her life. So too, after today's ruling, some states may compel women to carry to term a fetus with severe physical abnormalities. For example, one affected with Tay-Sachs disease, sure to die within a few years of birth. States may even argue that a prohibition on abortion need make no provision for protecting a woman from risk of death or physical harm. Across a vast array of circumstances, a state will be able to impose its moral choice on a woman and coerce her to give birth to a child. Enforcement of all these draconian restrictions will also be left largely to the state's devices. A state can of course impose criminal penalties on abortion providers, including lengthy prison sentences, but some states will not stop there. Perhaps in the wake of today's decision, a state law will criminalize the woman's conduct too, incarcerating or fining her for daring to seek or obtain an abortion. And as Texas has recently shown, a state can turn neighbor against neighbor, enlisting fellow citizens in the effort to root out anyone who tries to get an abortion or to assist another in doing so. The majority tries to hide the geographically expansive effects of its holding. Today's decision, the majority says, permits, quote, each state, end quote, to address abortion as it pleases, anti at 79. That is cold comfort, of course, for the poor women who cannot get the money to fly to a distant state for procedure. Above all others, women lacking financial resources will suffer from today's decision. In any event, interstate restrictions will also soon be in the offing. After this decision, some states may block women from traveling out of state to obtain abortions, or even from receiving abortion medications from out of state. Some may criminalize efforts, including the provision of information or funding to help women gain access to other states' abortion services. Most threatening of all, no language in today's decision stops the federal government from prohibiting abortions nationwide, once again, from the moment of conception and without exceptions for rape or incest. If that happens, 
quote, the views of an individual state citizens, end quote, will not matter, Ente at one. The challenge for women will be to finance a trip not to New York or California, but to Toronto, Ante at four, Kavanaugh J concurring. I think what's remarkable to me about what we've read already is that so much of this has already happened. The things that the dissenters were talking about, um, you know, we know of a case in Ohio where a 10-year-old child was um, forced, or they wanted to force her to carry a pregnancy to term. Um, I have a 10-year-old son, and I, I cannot fathom, I mean, there's, it's, yeah, it's happening. It's happening today. I thought it was interesting in my paragraph where it talked about how even though you, like if you're raped or, if, you know, you get pregnant by a product of incest, like you're still forced to have that baby. And it made me think like, you have to be violated and you still don't have rights to your body. Listening to you read that paragraph, Amy, is really moving because it's one thing to like read the words in the paper, but hearing it in a woman's voice is very, uh, it made me so angry. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, the dissent, they're literally spelling out, this is what this means. And yet the majority didn't care. It's not like they didn't realize what the consequences could be. And it's a surprise. It's like they know and still were like, yeah, that's right. Well, well I think, oh, sorry, go ahead, Lorinda. I was going to say, I think it, it is interesting because you, they said like, oh, it's really not going to be that big, right? They tried to downplay it even when it came out and kind of to Nick's point, obviously a lot of what was predicted has now happened. And I think in some states, even worse than you, you would have predicted. And we're only how many months into this? I was talking to somebody today about it and it was a man and he said, oh, well, you know, what about like, what if you just went to a different state? And I brought up, I said, okay, if you live in Dallas, Texas, like the closest abortion clinic from you is 154 miles away less. And I looked a few weeks ago, so that actually might not even be totally accurate. And I said, so, you know, look at what the population looks like in Texas. Especially like if you are near San Antonio or if you're in Dallas or Austin, like you have a lot of areas that are still developing. You have so many poor people that are going to be affected by this and they already are. And I asked him, I said, what do you think this looks like, you know, moving forward? Like you have states that are creating these laws and they already have issues. So like, I mean, if you look at Texas, like their electric grid is just not capable of running properly. If you look at Louisiana, you have people literally living in FEMA camps still from Hurricane Katrina. Like these states are passing these laws that, and they are not prepared for the things that are already happening, like natural disasters. So what is it going to look like when you have to support, you know, just like so many more people that you're not planning for? And I think that, you know, 
people don't realize like a lot of it's going to be government funding and you know people are constantly worried about like oh my taxes are rising i pay so many taxes and it's like you know like <laughs> you're you're actively not thinking this through how are these places going to build schools how are these places going to like deal with this influx of children and like mississippi and alabama came up and i said you know like look at their education systems so now you're going to force women to have these children and how are they going to be educated? Like, what are you doing with that? One thing I noticed also in reading the opinion, and I think this will come across is they're not written to be easy to read. <clears throat> they're very dense. There's a mm -hmm. lot of language in there that includes words that I'm going to call them the 25 cent words. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes it's more effective to communicate by using simpler words to just go down easy so you can get to the big ideas. But I'm really struck reading it out loud where, you know, if I read something to myself, I might kind of skim over some words, but when you read things out loud, you really are reading every single word and all these mm -hmm. references to different court cases, it kind of distracts you. So I can really understand why we all struggled a little bit over the summer doing it independently especially when you get mad. It's like, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And I think comparing re reading this to reading, you know, we've, we've started on the actual opinion and it's, it's easier in some ways to read the dissent, but in other ways, it's more frustrating because you almost see what could be that isn't. And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, you can get mad about what is, but when you see that there were people there that had different opinions that they actually like the whole basis of this was like your right as a woman to make your choice for your life and that's like seems in so many ways to be so basic but yet is not at all reflected in the other side and the other side is what is law we haven't exactly joked about this but we've talked about one reason that timing is good to read this is like halloween is coming up and Red Cloaks had some visual play on the idea of what scares us the most. And it is really frightening. I know it's hard for me to actually, you know, I think about it every day, but it's hard some days to think about it again. You wake up, it's Tuesday, and maybe your kids are going back to school or maybe something changed at work. And, you know, it would be nice if this hadn't happened to take place over the summer, if we could go back to school and kind of have really a fresh start but actually it's still there. You know, we're talking, it's the primaries today. So here in Massachusetts, mm -hmm. uh, but election day is coming up. And so as we're looking at candidates in November, it'd be really interesting to know what their take is and if they've read this decision and if they've looked at it. It's also important to note that there are a number of candidates who were very strongly anti-abortion on their websites for the primaries. Um, mm -hmm mostly Republicans who are now removing that language as it gets closer to the general election. So I think it's really important for people to be aware of what their potential representatives actual stands are on these issues and not, um, you know, not what they just think is going to play best going forward, but we're, you know, looking at their, at their past history and how they voted and what they've said on this topic. And um, I think trusting that rather than, you know, a change made two months before the election, because they know that this is going to be a challenge for them. We should do an analysis of that and put that out. I was actually thinking that today, frankly, like as I was voting in the primary. What have people's actions shown us? 
versus what they mm -hmm. said because mm -hmm. a bunch of people thought it was going to play really well to be all excited about Dobbs and we you know finally got rid of Roe and then they saw what happened in Kansas and they're like oh voters are coming out and surprising some people in states where they thought people thought Kansas was a very red state and it turns out there's a lot of people of all genders who were not happy to see Roe overturned. So our concept and we're inviting you to join us is to go on the internet you can do a search for Dobbs, D-O-B-B-S. You can do Supreme Court Dobbs. You can check our website or social media, and you can get an official copy of the actual decision from the Supreme Court. It's free. Uh, it's really long, <laughs> but you can download it or you can just read it online yourself, but you can check back with us. And then we're also going to record people who are willing to read with us and just put voices of real people together reading this decision. It's like a time capsule in a way for people in the future who might look back and wonder, wow, how did people take this? This was a real big decision, stripping away the rights of millions of people more than half of the country and impacting people who can't get pregnant as well. We'll have some live events. And so if you see us out there and you're interested, just come on over and and read with us other closing thoughts as people are thinking about the weeks to come i'm really glad to be reading this i think it's i think it's really valuable to hear the actual words and um not just other people's summaries of it i agree i think knowledge is power and especially when you're faced with something big and scary where you're feeling powerless that to me the best way to arm yourself is to to have the knowledge we broke it down. We read just a few paragraphs tonight. Um, we will work on getting those out on our Instagram and our Facebook account as screenshots because it may make it a little bit easier. So you could just check out those few paragraphs. Um, if something seems like the language is kind of going over your head, then we'll break it down next time and we'll do it together. All right, everyone, just keep your seatbelt fastened as best you can. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Have a great week. Have a good week. Have a good week. Bye. You've been listening to Red Cloaks Radio, a production of the Boston Red Cloaks. Find us at bostonredcloaks.com 